I'm going to speak exactly about what the Olam wants me to speak about. We're going to start with the Chafetz Chaim Al-Atariah, Parshas Devarim. Chafetz Chaim going on the Pasuk, Rav Lochem, Soiva Sahar Hazep, Nu Lochem Tzfoyno. The Medrash says, Chafetz Chaim brings, brought down Yalkut Shmoini, Imra'isem Oisoy, if you see Esav, Shemavakesh his Gavr's Bohem, that he wants to attack you. This Medrash is going to tell us how we deal with anti-Semites that come to attack us. If you see Esav coming to attack you, don't stand against him, do not fight with him. Hide from him. Where are you going to run? Says the Medrash Baruch Ain't Says the Chofetz Chaim. The Torah is teaching us over here. Not to stand against the nations, the Goyim, even when they attack us. We are obligated to follow the footsteps of Yaakov Avinu, the way he acted when he met his hostile brother Esau. What did he do? So the Ramban in Parshas Vayishlach says, there's two Rambans about this in Vayishlach, this is the beginning. Everything that happened with Yaakov and Esav, we have to prepare ourselves for the three things that Yaakov prepared himself when he met Esav. And what's the third thing? But Melchama and Lashon HaKadosh can mean two things. It can mean prepare for a war or prepare for war. There's no word uh in Lashon HaKadosh. Prepare for war means get out your sword, but prepare for a war means get your passport ready because a war is coming. Says the Ramban. Run away. Prepare for war meaning a war is coming, run away. Those three things. Tefillah, bribing Esau and running away. Those are the ways that Jews survive when uh, beset by hostile Goyim. Now, as a hakdama to what the Chafetz Chaim is about to say, we know, the Ramban says, that this parsha of Ayishlach, when Yaakov met Esau, was the parsha that everybody knows is the model for the way us to act with the Goyim. Yaakov bowed to Esau and called him Adoni Esau. He called him my master. This is the way Jews have survived for 2,000 years in Golos. In fact, the Ramban says that whenever the Jews, there was a Jewish shtadlin that had to meet with one of the uh, kings, one of the Goyesha kings, they would chaz the parshas Vayishlach, the parsha of Yaakov and Esau, before they did so. Now, this may seem as a surprise to people that why are you going to do, let the Goyim just kill you? It doesn't work that way. Uh, here's the rule. This is based on Yisoyed, that Klal Yisrael is a, is a am not like any other nations. The other nations are nations al but Klal Yisrael <laughs> is a nation only shaloy al it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah, and Hayoim Hazen Yisrael it says, because we have a Torah, therefore there's a Klal Yisrael. We're not like, let's say, the Greeks. The Greeks are a nationality, and they have an Avoid de Zorah. His name is Zeus. Or the Vikings, they are a nationality, and they have an Avoid de Zorah. Odin, or the Chitia, Moiri, Prizi, Yavusi, they were nations, and they had their Avoid de Zorahs. That's not Klal Yisrael. We're not Jews who also have a Rabbani Shleilam. The Rabbani Shleilam is what makes us Jews. A Jew is a job description. That's what it is. When Hashem gave us the Torah, He made us Jews. 
even if Avram Avinu the Ovois had a din of Jew as an individual, but a Klal Yisrael there was not. Hayoim hazen When Klal Yisrael got the Torah, they were deputized to keep the Torah, and that job description is what the Jews are. Now, that being the case, the Derech teva between Klal Yisrael and the Goyim is not the same as Goyim and Goyim. Rav Shach explains it like this. Esav got a bracha al which means between two Goyish nations, two Esavs, whoever has a bigger, stronger sword is going to win the war. But by Klal Yisrael, that's not that way. Yaakov Vinu did not get a bracha al he got a bracha v'yiten l'chol Kim mital ha-shamayim. He says the Marshor, Rebbechonon brings it, that Klal Yisrael survives, flourishes, or fails, Rachmon Lutzlan, only based on Scharva Oynish. It's all Schar Voynish. If Klal Yisrael deserves good, they'll get good. It's a posuk, Vahoyim Shemoya. That's, that's the Marsha's kasha. The Gemara in Kedushin says, Schar Mitzvah Vahayal Moleka asks the Marsha, what about this posuk, Vahoyim Shemoya? It says good things are going to happen in Oilam Hazes, says the Marsha. A Schar Mitzvah Vahayal Moleka is only for Yechidim, individuals. An individual has to do Hishtadlus, he has to have muscles, he has to take care of his health. Klal Yisrael, the way they do all of the Hishtadlus to survive, to flourish, is only schar v'oynish, nothing else. And it's, it's not such a hard thing to hear. It's not so shloyal p'der chateva. If you meet a shark, Rahman uh, Lutzlan, while you're swimming in the ocean, so the people who are experts on how to deal with sharks say the best thing to do is to punch him in the nose or in the gills or in the face, and hopefully he'll run away. But if you meet a grizzly bear in the woods, don't try that. If you meet a grizzly bear in the woods, better to play dead. Now, it's no guarantee that it'll be safe, but it's your best bet. Different animals and different derechateva in nature have different things, different approaches. The derechateva, the poshet way Hashem made the world, between Klal Yisrael and the Goyim is that if the Goyim attacked the Jews, it's more like a grizzly bear than a shark. We play dead, we run away, we bow to them, and then there's no guarantees, but the rule of schar v'oynish will kick in, and that's our hishtadlus. That's what it is. For 2,000 years, the Jews have been fearing zuch like this, and that's what kept us alive in Golis. For 2,000 years, says the Chofetz Chaim. V'hinei, kol zman shehalachnu b'derech ha-kavusha hazois. So long as we followed this tried and true mahalach. Hitzilonu ha-kadish baruch miyodam, Hashem saved us from them. U'meoz hudachnu medakenu. But when we started recently, started going off this derech, V'chadoshim ikaravoh, a new drachim came up. There are new ideas that people had. We should stop doing what we were doing. We should stand up for ourselves and start fighting with the Goyim. The Hanhigu Minhogim Chadoshim, they had new Hanhogis. Ozvu Neshek Avinu. Ozvu Neshek Avinu. We threw away the weapons of our father Yaakov, the Ochzu Beklikerev Shalsainenu, and we took the weapons of Esav, the fist. Al Chabra there were Jews in those days, Chavz Chaim died in 1933, I don't know when he said this, but based on history, let's say 1920, just for the sake of the argument, approximately. There are Jews that said, no, Jews have to be like the Goyim, we have to stop bowing down to the Goyim, we have to stop running away, we have to start picking up the sword and sticking up for ourselves. Things got worse and worse for us. And we only had source because of this. And Yerachim Hashem al Amenu v'Yoshiv Shavtenu Kfari Shoyna. Chavetz Chaim says Hashem should have Rachmonus that bad things shouldn't happen. Again, Chavetz Chaim was nifter 1933. We know what happened not shortly after that. Uh, World War II started in 1939 when Hitler came. 
and he was already uh, getting power uh, in those days. So the Chavz Chaim is saying that in his days, after 2,000 years of feelings of one way, of being safe and goalless, there were people, obviously they weren't Erlicha people, that decided that the way Claudius sold Fierzach against uh, the Goyim is not the right way. They know better. They want a Fierzach like Esau. Okay, and this is starting then, and the Chavetz Chaim gives us a dire warning. Has to show what could happen because of these people. Now, fast forward. I have a speech Rav Shach gave in the Kinesia Gedoyla. Uh, the Aguda used to have something called the Kinesia Gedoyla. Once, I think it was every 10 years, they in Eretz Yisrael, they had a big, big Asifa. I actually remember, it was Rav Shnei's yard site today. Tov Shin Mem, Rav Shnei went to the Kinesia Gedoyla. I remember that. That was the last Knesset Yedoyla I think there was. The opening address in the Knesset Yedoyla was Rav Shach. In the Mechtav of Maimorim, it's recorded, I have it here. Rav Shach spoke about this. Rav Shach spoke about how we have a rule that when we, he's talking about Israel in context, about, but the Jews in general, uh, have problems with Goyim, with other nations. We cannot be arrogant. We cannot be uh, milita- militant. We have to be machnia ourselves to them, and that's the only way we're going to survive. He brings uh, when Rishoyim start up with us, we should bow our heads. And he's talking about it a lot. And then he says like this, listen to this. This is 1980. Let's assume, just for, cla- for uh, approximation, that the Chavetz Chaim said this 1920. So about 60 years later. 60 years, what, two years? Listen to what he says. Unfortunately, today, it hurts. Rabbonim and Sadikim do not understand this. We have our own derech. We do not act like goyim. We do not fight militarily. We're supposed to be machnia ourselves. Michad Gisa is talking. He's talking about the Israeli government. They uh, antagonize the umois and they provoke them. And they think in their naivete. We are yachsonim like them. We're not worse than any other nation. Why should the Jews act differently than everybody else? We'll stand up for ourselves like the Goyim stand up for ourselves. Why should we be worse than anybody else? Why should we submit to their bailus? America America says such and such, and we'll say the opposite. They're hypocrites, they do differently. But you should know, the salvation of the Jews, is a sakona, Klal Yisrael is in a sakona with this attitude. We're obligated to uh, awaken the truth, that's the traditional truth. It has nothing to do with the kiyum of the state of Israel. But the kiyum of Israel, if it's going to be safe, depends upon if the Jews are safe. The Am Yisrael, Einenu Medinas Yisrael, Klal Yisrael is not the state of Israel. V'yafim nimtza dovra shenira kamoyul meitav lamedinas Yisrael, even if you find something that looks good for Israel. Ach mi oideh ha-toifu l'kiyam Am Yisrael, who says it's good for the Jews? Not everything that's good for Israel is good for the Jews. 
And the way Israel feels is not necessarily good for the Jews. If they antagonize America, what do they do? They never went to war against America. This is 1980. In 1977, Menachem Begin became prime minister. When a country, when Israel antagonizes another country, take America, he's talking. The Jews in America are in danger. People are going to say, who are you loyal to? Who knows what kind of price we're going to have to pay for this provocation? Now, here's my question. The Chavetz Chaim said this, let's say, early 1900s. 60 years later, 1980, Rav Shach said, <coughs> suddenly, tell me the Chachamim don't know this, Tzadikim don't know this, and Rabbonim don't know this. Now, not everybody didn't know this, Rav Shach knew this. But the Chavetz Chaim said things started changing in his days. In Rav Shach's days, in 1980, suddenly, it's gone. This hashkafa that kept us safe for thousands of years disappeared off the face of Klal Yisrael. And not, again, not everybody, but Rav Shach is saying, Talmidei Chachomim, Rabbonim, and Sadikim, Einim Chadum, Bahavanazu, they don't understand this. And I have a slew of letters from Rav Shach over here on the same topic, with the same medrash that the Chafetz Chaim brings, that Yidin need to understand. We must submit ourselves to the Goyim in order to be saved like Yaakov did Tesav, because things don't work in the same way for Jews uh, when <coughs> confronted by hostile Goyim as it works for Goyim as confront, confronted by hostile Goyim. Now, what happened? I challenge anybody to find me another Hashkafa like this that in such a short amount of time disappeared. The Chafetz Chaim said it started then, a new thing. And this is after 2,000 years. This is not like something that was like, yeah, only a little, you know, like Malakayim of Esach Thoris. If you don't learn at Taharis, you're not going to know it. This is something that was like, yeah, all the time, all throughout Golis. In the days of the Chafetz Chaim, boom, it's, people started messing things up. In the days of Rav Shach, 60 years later, Tamir Chachamim don't know it. Now, figure like this. If somebody's born 1980, today he's, what, 43 years old. If somebody was born 1980, when Rav Shach is saying, don't know it, he's going to grow up all his life, and now he's 43 years old, and maybe he's a Tamil Chacham himself, and his Rebbeim don't notice. Maybe they do, but it's very likely they don't. Tavshin Lamed Ches Rav Shach says, three years before this, in Brak, only because Yaakov knew about Esav. The Sephorno says the Baryoyim that wanted wars, they destroyed the Beis Hamikdash in the days of the first Beis Hamikdash was destroyed because the people that want to make war with the Goyim. Also, we have to not, we don't make wars with the Goyim. And Roshach was screaming about this time after time. 1980, people don't know this. What happened? What happened was Zionism happened. These people that the Chavetz Chaim were talking about were the Zionists. Zionists, who were they and what did they want? The Zionists were a group of people, a group of Jews, who didn't like very much the way the Jews were. Uh, they thought that the Jews, similar to the way the anti-Semites thought, they thought the Jews were disgusting, they were weird, they were ridiculous, they were psycho cycles, and a lot of the reasons they had was because they didn't like the Jewish hashkafas. What kind of normal people, what kind of normal people don't fight back when the enemies come? What kind of normal people don't want to be 
Policemen and firemen, athletes, gold medal Olympic stars. What kind of people don't want to invent new inventions? Where's the Jewish art for thousands of years? Jews are smart people. Where's their art? Where's their architecture? Where's everything? All you have is people who want to be kodesh. So that's nuts. Now, until now, until recently, recently means about 100, uh, 200 years ago, we were stuck in ghettos. Nobody let us. But after the late 1700s and the 1800s, Jews were allowed to be, do whatever they want for the most part. But they didn't. The Jews were still yeshivish. They were still from. And they had the Chofetz Chaim Sashkafis. Now, what do these guys want? And they thought the Jews were disgusting because they're just like the Goyim did. And, and I, I want to read you something. A poem by a guy named Chaim Nachman Bialik. Chaim Nachman Bialik was off the derech. He was apikoyus. He learned in Volozhin by the Nasi. Uh, it's translated... It's called City of Slaughter. It's talking about a pogrom that happened in the late 1800s, early 1900s. There are pogroms. You know about this? There were, oh, he, there were pogroms. And they, these Bialik, he was writing about the Jews' reaction. How, they, how the husbands hide while they watch their women and, and children being slaughtered and, and, and abused. And they watching and they're, they're like, they're not men. They're disgusting. And then the... the Children, the Einikluch of the Chashmoinoyim, come now, I'll bring you to their layers, the privies, jakes, and pig pens, where the heirs of the Chashmoinoyim lay with trembling knees, concealed and cowering, sons of the Maccabees, the seeds of saints, the signs of lions, who, crammed by scores in all the sanctuary of their shame, so sanctified my name. This is a Kiddush Hashem. It was flight of mice they fled. The scurrying of roaches was their flight. They died like dogs, and they were dead. And when it's over... So what happens is, the pogromchiks, they leave, and there's the old slaughterhouse over there, and what do the Yidin do? They say, we have sinned, and sinned have we. Self-legalative confessions whips, the hearts, however, do not believe their lips. Is it then possible for the limbs to sin? He says that they do tshuva, they said it's our fault, we did our virus. And instead of doing tshuva, they should take revenge. And then he says, what they do is, they go to the Rabbonim and say, my mutter to my wife. That's what they do. And I mutter to my wife. They won't answer these women, right? So he says, he says, no, let them take revenge. Let them demand retribution. And then he ends, let, let fists be flung like stone against the heavens and the heavenly throne. This was the early 1900s he wrote this. They, 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 thought, they thought the Jews were disgusting. Now, why couldn't they just shmad themselves and become goyim? The answer is they tried, they did, but it didn't work. Because they saw there was anti-Semitism, and the goyim still, in their mind, had a tzura of a yid, like the Chafetz Chaim. And the problem is, the tzura of a yid, so long as the tzura of a yid is a Chafetz Chaim, even if there's an individual yid, or a lot of yid like them, uh, who are like goyim, mamish goyim, it doesn't matter. There'll still be anti-Semitism. In order for there to stop being anti-Semitism, in order for us to feel good about ourselves, in order for us to be normal, we have to change. So there are all sorts of different uh, people that try to change. There are people that made Reform Judaism, which is pretty much, you can do whatever you want, and the shuls look like the churches, etc. And they're conservative Judaism, and there are all sorts of movements, but the Zionists came up with a better idea than any of them. Reb Chaim said they had the best shmad, because they knew where to shoot their arrows. The Jews, they said, are not a religion at all. The Reform agreed were a religion, just, you know, very lenient. The Tztukim, no Torah Shabal Peh. Um, the conservatives, the uh, Baisusim, everybody. Kalal Yisrael is a religion. Hashem gave us the Torah. No, they have a different pshat in the Torah. No, not, not the pshat Hashem gave us the Torah. We're a nationality like everybody else. We're like the Chinese. We're like the Greeks, Taka. We have a national religion, but we are like the Greeks. 
and we have to become like the Greeks, and we have to think of ourselves like a nationality, not like a religion. You know why? You know what that's going to accomplish? Because instead of being a mamleches kaihanim v'gay kodesh, the Jews need to want normal things, to win Olympic gold medals, to win wars, to have a strong army, to be proud of their strength, uh, to be able to invent new apps and new forms of martial arts. And then they will be normal. But the only way for them to be normal is for them to stop this religion nonsense and to think of themselves like a nation, like all other nations. Give them a language to speak so they'll look at themselves like a nation. So they invented a language of writ, modern Hebrew. The tachlis of modern Hebrew was, in order for the Jews to look at themselves like a language, how could you have a nation without a language? The Spanish speak Spanish, and the Russians speak Russian, and the Jews speak Yavrit, so therefore they made it. Rabbi Kotla Asur, in America, Israel, Mela, they, they, that's the language, that's the country, in America, people, schools to learn Yavrit, Beis Yankov, he said, also there was a Dintoira, they came, Debert Sinaru uh, brought the Beis Yankov to Dintoira, Baron said, it's Mamish Shmad, the only tachlis of Ivrit, to learn Ivrit in America is Zionism. That's it. That's the only top of it. Get them a country. Get them a country. Get them a country. Then they'll look at themselves as members of that country, associated with that country. And they'll be proud of an army. Let them be proud of an army. Meshugna Jews. Let them finally stand up for themselves. So long as they're religion, they won't do it. Let them stand up for themselves. They need an army. But religions don't have armies. The Christians don't have an army. Countries have armies. We're going to change the whole surah of a yid from a religion to, an, to, a, to a nationality. And so they, they, they started schools and they started a movement. And the idea was to get rid of the hashkafas of the Jews. Certain Zionism was the tachlis of Zionism was to get rid of hashkafas of the Jews. Now, when you hear that the Zionists wanted to shmad people, they tore off their payas. Well, this is always true, because in those days there was no way to change the Jews' hashkafas unless you do that. What normal Jew? Uh, the Chafetz Chaim was nifted in 1933. What normal Jew is going to buy into this apikarsis? Not only apikarsis, sakonis nefashis for the Jews, like the Chafetz Chaim said. Change the whole surah of Klal Yisrael. So they had to do it. But tzabisluch, tzabisluch, through brainwashing, through bullying, through rewriting history, through all sorts of things, they were able to convince, until Rav Shach stays, to able to convince people through writing poems like this, through sometimes through being nice to us, through being mean to us, through, they rewrote a whole history about how Jews were always slaughtered and Jews always wanted to stick up for themselves, but they couldn't. Finally, we came, we the Zionists, and we taught the Jews how to stick up for each other. And anti-Semites come. Now, today, today, if an anti-Semite, I don't know, some guy, comes and says something bad about the Jews, what happens to him right away? All the Jews, all the Jews and all the Jewish organizations automatically start con- converging on him and attacking him and trying to get him fired from his job. And they come out and probe. This is terrible. This is absolutely the opposite of what Jews are supposed to do. In Rav Shach's days, even in Israel, everybody looks at them like the Jews. They're not supposed to be militant the way they are. But that's Zionism. Zionism was a, a movement to change the hashkafas of the Jews. In those days, you were not able to do it. But today, that's what Rav says, This is what happened in those 60 years. What happened was they convinced the Jews that in order to survive, you need to stick up for yourselves. And yes, the Jews finally have an army. If anybody feels that today, the Jews finally have an army, they finally have place to run, Israel. Uh, finally, we're safer now than we ever were. That's Mamish Zionism, and that's Mamish, the, the opposition that all the G'dayim, every single one, 
from Reb Chaim Briska to the Briska Rav to the Chazonish to the Chavetz Chaim to the Satmar Rebbe to the Lubavitcher Rebbe Rashab in those days. Everybody, the exact Rebbe Chonon, the exact same main Taina. Jews are a religion. Jews are not a nationality. A nationality. All these hashkafos we have to stop looking at as a nationality. The only thing that's going to save the Jews is schar the idea that you have some place to run in case of a Holocaust, Rahman Litzlan. A Holocaust comes because of Scharva Oynish. Grad the Rebel Chonon said that it was me the Kenegan me the World War II. Because uh, this ideology that we're talking about, that you take a group of people and they say we're nationality, it's called nationalism. You get yourself a flag, you take a bunch of random people in America, well, it's 200 something years old. Americans were British. They got themselves a flag, they got themselves a national anthem, they got themselves an army, an identity, right? And now we're a new nation, and now you feel uh, a loyalty, a brotherhood, together with people that are in your nation. There's a psychological yachas between them. So uh, the yachas between one Jew to another is because of Hashem. The Rambam says in Perigud Hilchas Matnasanim that all Jews are brothers. Where does it say all Jews are brothers? Riddle. Where does it say where all Jews are brothers? Don't give me a chenu kolbeisisro. What's the mocker? Says the Rambam. It's a pasuk. Bonim atem Hashem. We all have the same father, therefore we're brothers. It's Hashem. Without Hashem, there are no Jews. There's no such thing as Jews. <laughs> and, and somebody who's loyal to Hashem is a good Jew. Somebody who's an enemy of Hashem is an enemy of the Jews. It used to be, it used to be before these people came, that if you want to know who's a good Jew, who's a bad Jew, who's a friend of the Jews, who's an enemy of the Jews, very simple. Who's a friend of Hashem, who's an enemy of Hashem, that's who's a friend of the Jews, who's, a, who's an enemy of the Jews. Who's a good Jew and who's a bad Jew? Very simple. Uh, a tzaddik is a good Jew, a Russia is a bad Jew. Apikoyus is worse than even a Russian. That's how it used to be. But today, no, it's not true. They want it. They said clearly, when we get through with Klal Yisrael, they're going to, yeah, religion is going to be good. They can have religion if they want. But our prime minister is going to be on the cover of their family magazines. Because he'll be a chash of a guy, you know, he's a chazafresser. And a guy, the Rosh Hashiv of Nehri Stroh, Ravon Feldman, wrote an article a while ago, a couple of years ago. He says he knows a friend of Netanyahu, and he knows that he has pictures of his kids on his desk. With one daughter is not there, a daughter who became a Valis Jewish. He's from, he's ashamed of her, so he doesn't have her on the desk. No, he's going to be a chash of a guy. Of course he's not from, but this man has, eh, it doesn't matter, you know. He's prime minister, he helps us, he helps us. No, he's an enemy of Hashem. He's an enemy of the Jews. That's the way it used to be. That's what they wanted to change. That even if you're not from, even if you hate Hashem, even if you hate the religion, it doesn't matter. Just like a loyal Greek, even if you don't believe in their God, their Zeus, their Avodah if you're loyal to the Greek people, you're a good Greek. And if you're loyal to the Jewish people, you say you want to help the Jewish people, even if you don't care about Hashem, you'll be a loyal Jew. You want to change the entire Hashkafa of the Jewish people. That was what they wanted to do. Now, how severe is this ideology? So all the G'dayim that spoke about it, every single one from Rebbe Chonon, have over here from uh, copies, I highly recommend the Sefer, Ruven Grzovsky's Boyas Hazman, that this is what we call in Loshan HaKodesh, Avoy or Apikorsus, whatever you want to call it. And the reason is as follows. Remember, being a Jew is a job description. And if, let's say I'm a policeman, and I say, because I'm a policeman, therefore I do this. Because I'm a policeman, therefore I say this. Because I'm a policeman, therefore I feel this. Or I go here or there. That means it's part of my job, right? And it means that, that's, what the, that's the type of the word. So if I say, because I'm a Jew, therefore I do this, it means Hashem. 
It means my job as a ben toyer, as a shemit toyer mitzvah. I, I, if I like a steak or ice cream, it's not because I'm Jewish, it's because I'm a human being and I have taste buds. So it's not because I'm, but if I do something because I'm Jewish, my Jewishness is machai of something, it's only toyer and mitzvah. Now what happens if I mix something else in? I say, no, my Jewishness is machai of me to have a loyalty to a country 6,000 miles away. Because I'm Jewish, therefore, I relate to that country. You're adding something into your Jewish identity. You're, you're being maskim to the change in what the teaches of a yid. Now, the friar uh, Zionist said, religion has nothing to do with it. Then they were from Zionists. <coughs> Says Rebbe Chonon, said Rebbe Reuven, said, risker of everybody that, okay, so uh, the friars are, they have the czar, and the fruma that believe that the Jews are a nationality or the Jews have a connection with, uh, some political connection with each other, they believe in Hashem and avoid the Zorah. And when they asked the Briskarov whether to, they had a kid, they wanted to send them either to a friar school or a Mizrafistische school, religious Zionist school, he said, From people. But if you believe that the Jews are a nationality, that's avoid the Zorah. The old days of avoid the Zorah changed Kutchebrichu made him a getchka. The Christians changed Oyrais and they made a New Testament. And the Zionists changed Yisrael, Klal Yisrael. They made a nationality. But it's all the same attack on Yiddishkeit. If you believe that the Jews are connected through any other means than the Torah, that's Mamishavoy Dezara. And more than that, here's what they said. They said, let's make, let's change the relation. They didn't want Stam to throw it. They were smart. By the way, it's a myth. People think that Theodore Herzl, he wanted Uganda that the Jews should have. It's really not true. A lot of people think that the Mizrahistim, the religious Jews, wanted Uganda. Herzl said, no, you need Eretz Yisrael, because in order to market it to the Jews, they're not going to take Uganda. Here's what he wanted to do. He said, everything has to be emotional. It has to be, a, they need a flag. How did the Germans create German nationalism with a flag with blue and red and gold confetti, with a song, that's what you have to do. We're going to take Eretz Yisrael, here was the plan, we're going to take Eretz Yisrael, and make it, what's Eretz Yisrael to a Yid? It's not what makes us into a people. Jews aren't from Eretz Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is not born there. It's Eretz HaKodesh, a place that HaKodesh Baruch Hu designated for Torah and Mitzvahs. And if you go to Eretz Yisrael, you need to be from. You go to Eretz Yisrael, it's like walking into a base medrash. And Yidin always understood this. There was a guy in my shul who was a lawyer. He was having a hard time here in America. His mom was having a lot of sauce. He wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. So, yes, Rabchaim Kanievsky. And Bikitza Amaisa, when Rabchaim found out that he's a lawyer and he was planning on being a lawyer in Eretz Yisrael, and nowadays you could be a lawyer in Eretz Yisrael and work for an American company. So, you can't come to Eretz Yisrael and be a lawyer. Rabchaim told him, you got to learn. There was a Maisa where there was two girls from Ukraine, two women from Ukraine. They were in Paris in a college, and a Kiev organization wanted to bring them to Eretz Yisrael just so they wouldn't intermarry. There was no halvamine of making them from. And they went to Reb Chaim, and they asked Reb Chaim whether they could use Sadaka money for the Kiev organization to do that, because at least they won't marry Goyim, the odds are. Reb Chaim said, Friar girls, you can't bring them to Eretz Yisrael. Either they're going to intermarry. It's not our Chaim. Eretz Yisrael is a base medrash. We're not going to, Eretz Yisrael is not going to be a base medrash anymore. It's going to be a homeland. You know what a homeland is? Anybody know how you say homeland in modern Hebrew? Moledet. Moledet means the place the nation was born. Like, 
And in Israel's Declaration of Independence, indeed, it says here the nation was born. There is, in nationalist philosophy, a, a psychological connection, an organic connection between a people and the place they were, the nation was born. And just like Italians have a Kesha with Italy, Jews have a Kesha with Eretz Yisrael. Chas v'sholem. That's Mamish taking Eretz Yisrael, making it into an Avoy Zara. Ma, I want to tell you something. I have a safer over here, very important safer. By the way, what was after you guys learning? What? Of a comma. Okay, good. The Sefer Machel Samachanaim. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to make it because so Talmud of the Chasam Soifer. He said, he says that um, he brings Tzitzis in Yevamos Tafav about Tzitzis Tishmoros Mikdoshay Tiro that there's a halva meaning that a person would make the Beis Hamikdash into a an Avodah He explains that every mitzvah we do, every holy object we have, is only because of Hashem. If you have Moir of the Beis Hamikdash. Well, Moyer Shul, he's talking about the Friar people that come to Shul and they don't talk in Shul or anything, but they go out and they drink Yayanesef, that's, I guess, what they did in those days, and don't keep Shabbos. He said, their coming to Shul isn't a mitzvah, it's an Aveira. They made the Shul into an Avoidazora. It's a religious, do they mean Hashem? Do they care about Hashem? No, they don't care about Hashem. So why are you so in awe of the Shul or the Beis HaMikdosh? If you are in awe of a Beis HaMikdosh, Independent of Hashem, you made the base of Mikdashim to an Avodah So now, let me tell you, their idea was to make Eretz Yisrael into an Avodah To go to Eretz Yisrael and go on vacation and go camel riding and floating in the Dead Sea and all of this and have fun, and then you feel more Jewish. What makes you feel more Jewish? Question. Lebanon. Southern Lebanon is Eretz Yisrael. Shumas, Maestros, and everything. Imagine you're in Lebanon in the Arab town of Nakora. Full Kedusha Eretz Yisrael. Is it harder for you to bend down and kiss the ground over there than it is in the airport? If it is, that's Zionism. Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael. They wanted you to feel a Jewish feeling because of the Hebrew letters. Even though the Hebrew letters, the Machal Leishams, you walk down Rehov Yafo, there's a store. I was there last time, right before you cross over to the old city, Kakoyim, that means tattoos. So it is Kaka. But it's, it's in Hebrew letters, so you feel this Jewish feeling. Even though it's Averis, Ben-Gurion said that Zionists won't be Matzliach when they'll be Zionists speaking Hebrew, being arrested by policemen speaking Hebrew. And that's Jewish. Once you feel Jewish, where do you feel more Jewish? Amongst Torah and Mitzvahs or amongst <laughs> Hebrew letters, uh, a land of Eretz? That's, that's the thing. What is Yiddishkeit? Torah and Mitzvahs, nothing else. I'll tell you a story. I was once doing a, I was on a radio uh, uh, broadcast. I was talking about this, about how Jews don't make wars. A lady calls up and she says, but Rabbi, if we wouldn't have had wars, we wouldn't make wars, we wouldn't have the Kaisel. It's worth fighting a war. So I told her, first of all, you're making some mistake because if it wasn't for wars, we wouldn't need the Kaisel. We'd have the base of Mikdash because the Baryonim would not have caused the Korban. But aside from that, I said, I want to ask you something. It was lots of Shabbos on this day. I want to ask you something. You're masking that Hatzola could ride on Shabbos to save a life? Yes. You're asking that a thousand hot solar workers would be machal Shabbos a thousand times each. That's a million total. If there's a 1% chance to save somebody, yes, of course. So you tell me, you think it's worth making a war? People should die for the Kaisal? Is that more important than Shabbos? Is that a Deirais or to own the Kaisal? And this is not a toys. This is not a toys. A toys is the Pshat. You learn Bavakama and you learn the first two words, Arba Avois, and you ask Akash, I the only Shloisha Avois. So, Vaisa Chois, Tarach is also an art. That's a toys. 
I ask you what the mistake is, you tell me. I ask, what is the mistake? There's no toys. You're masking. Everybody agrees. is doicha everything. So why would you want to make a war for a koisel? It's not a toys. It's not a toys in a pshat, in a toys or in a mishnah, or in anything. Everybody knows this. And she's stuck. The answer is, they made the koisel into an avoid zara. The koisel is an avoid zara. For an avoid zara, you'll be moisa nefesh. To make a war, to be moisa nefesh. For the, I'll tell you, Sir Shimon Schwab told me this. He once said a word, and then we'll, uh, we'll end with this because we're, we're out of time. But um, Rav Shimon Schwab told me, Ad Kedekach, if you want to know how they were Matzliach to do this to people, to make people feel like this, he said a vart in his Tehillah, the Alanisim was Shabbos Hanukkah. Alanisim Yal HaPurken, Vechule Vechule, there was a Melchoma, they wanted Lashkicham Tar Sechel Avir Mechukar Itzonecha, then there was a war, Masati Giborim Biad Chaloshim. Why does it have to say the Achakain? Those two words are extra. It should say, What's the Achakain? Everything is, is a sequence. He said the Territ says you should not think that the reason the Jews went to war against the Yavonim on Hanukkah was because they took away the Beis HaMikdash. We would never go to war for the Beis HaMikdash. It's not worth one Jewish life. Not one. Let them have it. Like, we should risk a Jewish neshama for a base of mikdash? No. Only for one thing we'll risk in, uh, our lives. For the Torah. They wanted a shmar. For the Torah, we'll go to war. After we won the war, and now we're safe, the war's over. They wouldn't go near the base of mikdash before that. Rav Schwab told me that, you know, when Hanukkah comes out, there's a Goisha holiday too. He received a Christmas card in the mail, after saying this vort to our dear friend Rav Schwab, from your good friends, Merry Christmas, it said, from your good friends and had three terrorists, Yasser Arafat or Nasser or whoever was terrorist in those days. Meaning, Rav Schwab, how dare you say Jews should not defend the land, the Beis HaMikdash? We have an army, we have to defend ourselves. This is our land, you want to give it up to the Arabs? You're supporting terrorists, you're a Hamas supporter. How dare you say Jews should not go to war for a Beis HaMikdash? How dare you say we should not have Yushalayim? How dare you say such a thing? You're, 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 you're a terrorist supporter. That's what they did to Rav Schwab. This is in his own Kehillah he said this. I don't know who sent him the card. He didn't either. I have the story in my book. He told me the story. This is what Zionism did to the Jewish people. There's a, a war in Ukraine, right? And they're eaten in Ukraine. And they're in a Sakana. And we're mispalled for them. And there are Askonim that go try to get the Jews out of Ukraine and safe, right? And we're mispalled for them. I want to ask you, does anybody here, though, care what the politics are in Ukraine? Who wins the war? Russia, Ukraine? We don't care. It's not our business. Our business is one thing. The Jews there should be gesund and stark and safe, right? That's all. And in every war where Jews are involved, they're Jews in Syria, it's all the same, except one place, Israel. In Israel, Israel's have a war. It's our army, it's our war, our soldiers. That you want to know uh, who Israel wins, you feel a pride, not just a safety, a pride. Israel is no different than Ukraine. Has no more connection to us than Ukraine. Israel, they're Jews there, yes, and so Ukraine has Jews. Used to be Iraq, Bovel. Where do you think Bovel is? Iraq. 
Kombadis and Hadar, Sura, those are on the banks of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. It is a country, nothing more, nothing less. If anybody thinks, anybody feels when they see the Israeli flag any different than they do the Ukrainian flag, it's blue and yellow, the Ukrainian flag. They got you. That's part of the nationalist of Ezzor. Bukhonon says, World War II came, meet the Kenegan, meet them. Because the Jews had nationalism. So Hitler, you know what Nazi means? It, 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 it's a word. National socialist. That's what it means. The original Zionists were also socialists until 1977, uh, but they were socialists. The Jews wanted to be a nationality, you wanted to be like a race, no problem. Hitler will make you one. Hitler will treat you like one. And I have to tell you, in Mein Kampf, Rebbe never saw this, but in Mein Kampf, Hitler says the Jews got to get out of Germany because they're not Germans. They want us to think, the Jews, that they're Germans, just they have another religion. It's not true. They're their own arm, their own nation for themselves. If you don't believe me, ask the Zionists. That's exactly what they say. That's what Hitler wrote in Mein Kampf. Now, of course, it's no riot from Hitler, but the point is that that's what nationalism Lamaisa did. That's what Bukhonen says. So, this is a tipa sheba, tipa sheba, tipa sheba, tipa sheba, ya. The Untashashura is, like Rav Sajigun says, Einu moiseinu uma elabisayrasa. We are only a nation because of the Torah. Should Hashem take away the Torah, chas v'shalom, there will be no more Jews. Not we be Jews without a Torah. There will be no more Jews. Rav Sajigun, in context, is talking that the Muslims had this idea called abrogation, kind of like the Christians, that Hashem took away the Torah from the Jews and gave it to the Muslims. And Rav Sajigun, in Amunas Videus, addresses it, and he says it's not true, and he brings rayas. And one of the rayas he brings from Sukkim to say, Kal Yisro will last forever. So Rav Sajigun says if Hashem would have given the Torah to another nation, there would be no Kal Yisro. If Kal Yisrael is forever, that means we have the Torah forever. Because there's no such thing as Kal. Without the Torah, there are no Jews. The Jews are only Jews because of the Torah. And everything else, if anybody brings in anything, any little shemets of any other component of a Jewish identity, doesn't matter what it is. If it's a baseball team, if it's a, 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 a nationality, if it's a flag, if it's a race, if it's anything, DNA, whatever it is, it's all only Avodah Zorah. Shekoyach. What do you mean? Effective today. You tell me. What's not today? What does it affect us? How do you feel um, when you when Israel wins the war, different than Ukraine? That's Avodah Zorah. How does it feel um, when you say you make a war for the Kaisal? It's like the Hashkafah All it is, all Zionism is, is a Hashkafah, nothing else. Yeah.